What are friends for? Gabrielle, I have a story for you. Um, I think you might know where this is going when I say I wrote a letter and I sent it off. Tell me everything, Paula V. Spill <laughs> that friendship tea. Um, for, okay, first of all, hi, I'm Paula V. Sastry. I have hi, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Ruiz. Ruiz. <laughs> Welcome back to What Are Friends For? We're moving on quickly. Go. Yes. Okay. So I wrote a five-page letter and I sent it to a... I hesitate to call this person a former friend because I would have classified them this way before this letter. However, um, the letter did not end the friendship. It opened the doors to conversation very pleasantly. So So, you're you're telling me that you were prepared to send this email off mm -hmm. to create a platonic breakup with a friendship, Mm -hmm. but you created a result that actually didn't happen. That's correct. I was not prepared for this outcome. So now I'm sitting here trying to think of how do I want to continue this conversation? Because I'm not going to call it a friendship just yet. I'm going to call it an open conversation, right? Because mm-hmm. when you when you come or when you reckon with a lot of resentment or you reckon with like, especially in our climate, right? I'm just going to come out and say it. Like this is somebody who threw like all kinds of microaggressions at me. And I had like maybe 10, 12 years worth of resentment built up. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I I don't really know what to do with it, but I also felt like it was a perfect time for, to, for me to bring this up because a, you already knew I did it. And our guest today brought us this amazing topic of platonic breakups. Mm -hmm. And I just want to get to the conversation because it's going to be a rich. So without further ado, we have actress, singer, producer, trans activist, and fellow dog mom with us. It's Anish Sheth. Welcome. Hi, thank you all so much for having me. I'm super, super excited to be here today. Oh my Uh, God. We're just such fangirling over here. Total fangirling. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Total, Total fangirling because not only, um, you are maybe for the show one of the first people I've met on Zoom with What Are Friends For? And so I like just full cold new friendship because I'm just <laughs> going to put it out there. You and I are now friends. But also, <laughs> but also, you know, I had to go on your Instagram. I had to research you and find out who you were. And I am just blown away of your advocacy, your story, who you just are. And so thank you, Anish, for coming on to What Are Friends For? Thank you for that introduction. That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, speaking of that, like I think I told, I might've told you in the email that we had, exchange that we had, Anish, is that, you know, part, one of our favorite things to do on the show, part of the reason we wanted to do the show is like, it's kind of fun to matchmake each other with new friendships, right? Because like we talk about it in terms of these like romantics, like, hey, do you know anybody? Like, you know, we're talking about like romantic relationships, but we got to do that for our friendships too. Like the platonic thing. Absolutely. 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 Yes. Um, but yeah, so whenever you brought up the platonic breakups thing, I was like, okay, now it's time for me to like spill my tea a little bit. And like, <laughs> now it's time to talk about it. Um, but so if you don't mind, um, I want to just go right into our first segment. Hints to friends or reality. Yeah. And so we're going to go 
into your into your Instagram and the post that you posted on June seventh is a uh, what is it called a uh, carousel post um, from Paper Samosa. It's a repost and it says it's time for South Asians to rewrite their narrative on Black Lives Matter. And I want to know for you specifically. Obviously, I'll have my reasons, but we don't. We're not here talking about me. I want to hear about why you posted in particular and what conversations have come out of it. So I posted that because I grew up in what we consider to be a liberal household. You know, um, I grew up within a family that believed in human rights issues that um, really kind of believed in equality for people. And, you know, particularly when I came out twice to my family, um, you know, it, it taught them a lot about what it really means to to kind of extend the olive branch and really kind of accept people who are different from you. That being said, I think we all carry inherent biases and particularly within the South Asian community, anti-blackness is incredibly rampant because colorism is incredibly rampant within the culture. Um, just recently, um, Unilever and uh, Fair and Lovely Cream decided to revamp their campaign um, as something different, but ultimately it is still a bleaching cream, right? So it's like, no matter how much we confront our own internal biases, there's always going to be something else that's kind of like sticking out that we have to confront, that we have to keep confronting, right? And, you know, I'm not saying that Fair and Lovely should do this. I'm saying that a better solution rather than remarketing the cream is just to honestly own up to like, yeah, we've been a part of the problem. Yeah, we've perpetuated this nonsense for decades. And yeah, it's time for us to stop. We want to continue as a company and we are determined to bring out true skincare products for women of all shades and really discontinue this product. I mean, I think right now that also speaks to like the greater thing of like really being able to take ownership and take onus of these inherent biases that we all carry. Um, because ultimately then you become a better person. You learn so much more and you use that knowledge to educate others and to expand others and to really kind of create a more inclusive environment for people, a more welcoming environment for, for people. Mm. Did you ever find yourself in a situation um, growing up? First of all, I'm curious to know if you did grow up around other South Asian people. And then second, um, I found that like, even though our generation is more liberal, you know, like we're, we're talking about like liberal people, good people that, you know, are very progressive yet. Why didn't we ever talk about this stuff with our friends? Like, right, why didn't right. we ever talk about it with each other? You know, that's always been my biggest question is like, if we understood that it was wrong, where was the conversation when we were all just hanging out at the temple, you know, like uh, on the playground, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. And I think part of the, the I, I'm not sure if I have like an exact answer for this, but I, I think it goes back to that like inherent bias is like, we didn't know what inherent biases we carry until someone pointed it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And that someone right now happens to be the society as a whole, right. Collectively as a society as a whole, we're like, this is not working. And in the same time that we are as a society saying that this is not working, we're also saying we also have to look within ourselves in order to fix this. So I also think with the pandemic where we have to stop and think and feel and we have time, right? And from just from our usual distractions, 
Um, I think our conversations with our friends and our families have changed because uh, personally for me, we did a specific Black Lives Matter episode at the time of its, uh, when LA was uh, having its riots, like the first peak of that. So that might've been like at least the second week maybe of BLM and of the tipping point in the summer. And um, my mom listened to that episode and she called me and she was like, I got to clear the air about some stuff about what we talked about as kids. And I have never have ever felt what she heard and what she responded to come tell me is the exact reason why these conversations need to be have, you know what I mean? And the fact that we're having some of them with our friends, I think I feel I've only had one with, with a girlfriend. She's like, what are you doing? Are you, are you speaking out? Do what, are you comfortable? Are you uncomfortable? And I was like, I've always been afraid to say black instead of African-American. I never knew. And from Mm -hmm. the Mexican culture, the whole fair thing is a, is a huge problem too. And it was peaceful. And I'm curious if any friendships out there and you guys can get on our website and let us know if you would like to share some stories on, have they been, have they broken up friendships? Yeah. For I mean, for you, Anish, like the same question applies to you. Like we're, we're curious to know if you've had to have platonic breakups during this time. Absolutely. Um, so when quarantine started right in the beginning of March, um, a group of friends that I went to high school with, which is Five years ago, let's just say a lot of years ago, um, <laughs> enough to have an adult old, ch- an adult child. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> uh, we, you know, we reconnected. We've all been like texting each other here and there throughout the years. But this was the first time that we decided like as a group, let's get on Zoom. Like everyone's having these Zoom happy hours. Why don't why don't we do that? And like, even though we've like seen pictures of each other and like chatted with each other on text, like this was the first time that us, there was like eight of us as a group got together on zoom and spent, you know, a couple of hours talking to each other. And what came from it is like, Oh, you know, we really missed being in each other's lives this much and really connecting with each other. Why don't we do this as a weekly thing? So we started doing it as a weekly thing and seeing each other weekly. And, um, all of, you know, the protests started happening and, I'm not someone who keeps quiet. I'm not someone who stands by and can allow myself or other people in my life to be complicit in what's going on. I really feel the need to speak up um, because it just doesn't sit well with me. Like if I feel like I have the power to do something, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had noticed that, you know, a week or two had gone by and the protest started and all of my friends' Instagram pages were kind of the same. Nobody was really talking about anything. Nobody was sharing resources. And I thought to myself, okay, you know, some people don't post because it could be seen as performative allyship, but what is really going on here? Let me, let me just check in with folks. Let me see where they're all at. Um, and I, I probably don't have to tell you that the, the majority, except for one person in this group, uh, were, were white folks. And so I brought it up and I said, Hey, did you all hear that the the cop um, who murdered George Floyd has been arrested and all this? And the only response I got was, ah, A-H period. And then it was followed up by another text of like a TBT picture. It was like a, a throwback picture from high school. Moving and then on. they were like, right, moving, just completely moving on. And they're like, oh my God, I remember that shirt. Oh my God, I remember exactly where we were when that shirt happened, when, when I was wearing that shirt or whatever. And I said, hold on a second. I said, I need to address something here. I said, I brought this topic up and it doesn't seem like anyone's really interested in talking about this. And I'm really curious as to why. 
Well, I got the, well, I don't really like to post negativity on my page. I got the, oh yes. Oh yes. It's like, I got the, well, you know, I gave a hitchhiker a ride once. There was this woman in front of me at the grocery store who needed $20 for her groceries. And like, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. It was a numbered list of all the times that this person had helped somebody out. And then the last paragraph of this list was, I guess I don't have to mention that all of these people were African American. And it just, it like the whole conversation was incredibly condescending. And, and then I was like, you know what? I am not going to, even take the time and energy that it would require me to school you on the amount of white privilege you all have shown here. And one of the people was like, I feel very offended that you said I have white privilege. That is the equivalent of using the N word. And I said, you know what? Peace out. Peace out. Because I am done with this conversation. I said, I am not even going to attempt to try. And then, of course, I got separate texts from everybody. Why are you doing this? How could you throw away 20 years of a friendship? Blah, blah, blah. And the other person, the other person of color that's in the group is someone who is of Asian descent, who is married to someone who is black. And so they texted me and were like, I'm so glad you said something because me and my, and like, this person just had a child, right? So like they have, you know, they're really dealing with this in a way that the others aren't. And we're just oh. very grateful to me that I spoke up and I said, I, and then was like, but I don't understand why you would throw away this friendship after so many years. And I said, because this friendship is not based on a way that we can move forward together. I cannot move forward with a group of people who refuse to acknowledge that they are complicit in what is happening outside of our our doors and our windows. And if you don't stand up and say this is wrong, if you think that posting about Black Lives Matter is something negative on your page, then you really have no clue how much you benefit from this system. I don't care if you're white and you grew up poor, you still benefited from the system because of your skin color. There are still a host of reasons of things that you are able to do that black folk are not able to do simply because they're black. And if you cannot understand that, I do not have the time nor energy to educate you on that. And Mm -hmm. I guess part of me is like, I could have taken the time, right? And then there's that whole conversation of like, do people of color take on the emotional labor of having to educate white folk? And I was like, no, that is not my job. I know that my time and my energy would be much better served doing things that I can actually do, right? So it's like providing resources, helping others out. I don't need to waste time on trying to tell a group of tone deaf people how much privilege they're holding onto and how they can use it in a better way. So that, I, I didn't have just one platonic breakup. I had a platonic breakup with like a group of seven people. So, yeah. When Anish it does it, she does it, man. I, yes, I, I just, I'm like, look, I take no bullshit. And, you know, even that, that was like three, four weeks ago. And to this day, I have no regrets about that. I have no pangs of like, I really miss them. You know, I had my memories with them. They served me when they served me. And now my relationships with them serve me no longer. Serve Mm -hmm. what I want to put out into the world no longer. Mm -hmm. They're only going to hinder that and I won't allow it. You know, it's, it's one of those, when you know better, you do better situations. Like if you're not willing to, like, if the people around you aren't willing to take that on, then it's like, you know, what are we really fighting for here? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what you said earlier, also like really 
touched like a hit home for me, which is like, you know, we just didn't know that there was something going on. You know what I mean? Like, no, we didn't, we didn't know nobody pointed it out to us. And yet we, and we also didn't know any better. So it's like, so my letter, you know, what I was talking about earlier, the letter I wrote was really about like everything that had happened to me that I actually was complicit in. It was like more me about me realizing that like everything that was happening was not just my circumstance or, you know, was normal at the time or whatever. It was just me being okay with like everything that was happening. Right. And like not seeing the greater picture of like me, except if I accept this, these things for myself, then I'm also accepting worse and violence and, you know, for everybody, for black people and indigenous people, because like we as these chosen model minorities definitely have a lot of privilege and we just have a really hard time admitting that, you know? (laughs) Well, what's relatable for me is when I had a platonic breakup, maybe uh, one of the biggest ones was maybe six years ago. um, And when I confessed this and I, I, I vented to a friend about it, he, he put it beautifully. He's like, you know, it's a shame when your friends don't grow up with you. It's a shame because mm-hmm. relationships are supposed to be worth the work. And the fact that she when would happen, I mean, I heard her feelings over shoes and she was also in New York and she moved to LA and I came here for crazy ex-girlfriend final callbacks. And I, I heard her feelings and she was like, this whole New York thing, you got to calm down. And like, I, she finally let me in the bathroom. She was bawling. She had an injury. Weird. It was like a whole weird thing. Nothing serious like Black Lives Matter, right? And she was, and I said, whatever I did, I'm so sorry. I hurt your feelings. Like, period. Like, I, it doesn't matter what I need out of this, what I did to you. Do you know what I mean? The fact that this friendship group, Anish, took, made it about them is mm-hmm. what, the, what is very, which is so unfortunate because they have to n- not grow up with you and you got to keep going. You know, you got to keep growing. Right. You got to keep doing better because what happened between my girlfriend and me was she just like said, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And was very aggressive, like passive aggressive with me and then like stopped calling me back. And I was like, let's work on this. And then she, I just, I, the writing was on the walls. Like she's just either, she just kind of wants to be angry with me and I got to, I, <laughs> got to book this audition and I got to focus and <laughs> and like and we tried again like maybe a year later to get together and everything was just so different and I was I was probably putting on a face of like it's fine and like trying to be accommodating and whatever and I just remember thinking like this is the last time I'll see her personally because I just I the principle of the matter is like I tried apologizing you just don't want to accept it and it's really hard to hear and also okay it's also okay that these relationships move on because it's not serving you anymore. People come into your life for a period of time. It doesn't necessarily mean forever. And you take from them what you can that helps you grow. And absolutely right. If they don't grow with you, you grow apart. Um, And I've, you know, I've also had other platonic breakups that weren't about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement that have just been about other stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think at the core of it is like, we all have to, take care of ourselves first in order to be able to take care of others. Yes. And if we don't do that, if, if it gets muddled in trying to appease the next person or the group of friends or, or worrying about their feelings over the bigger picture, then we never get there. 
Gabrielle, can you believe it is the end of 2020? Ugh, and it's been a doozy, Paula V. Ups and downs, and then even more downs. But we at What Are Friends For like to take all of those feelings and turn them into meaningful conversations that focus on growth, love, and joy. That's right. And the most joyful thing we look forward to every month are our live shows on Patreon. Hey, Hey, Patreon. Patreon. Our monthly live shows are exclusively available on four, one, two, three, four different tiers on our Patreon page. And those tiers start as low as $2 a month. And the content and the perks just keep getting better with each tier. But this guest lineup for the rest of 2020 is Fierce. OMG, Fierce.com. We've got Wicked's longest-running alphabet, Jackie Burns in October, Emmy Award nominee Janet Varney in November, and a grand finale in December with my OG hashtag girl group forever squad from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That's right, Donalyn Chaplin, Vela Lavelle, and Rachel Bloom will join us for my birthday group hang. I am so lit already. It's going to be so much fun. So if you guys want to get in on the action, visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. That's W-A-F-F podcast. Between the vodcasts, the podcasts, and the live shows, there are just about a bajillion ways for you to get a dose of WAF. Yeah, and the sooner you join, the sooner you can watch because you not only get to join the live shows live, they're also available for you to watch forever. So if you miss it, binge it later. Slay! Once again, all that action is at www.patreon.com slash podcast. We are so grateful to you, WAF fam, for keeping this show going. Couldn't do it without you. Now back to WAF. I mean, the the underlying like theme here is like, you know, we you can't move forward with any with any relationships, period, if you're not hearing each other. Right. And like Absolutely. I actually watched this. Uh, I watched um, I'm almost caught up on Insecure and Insecure is one of my favorite shows of all time because they they really do get dirty with that friendship. They really right? do. With the, with, I love it. With that friendship between mm-hmm. those women. And they actually like the the whole arc the whole conflict of season four is like them not hearing each other and that's Mm -hmm. why they're growing apart so Mm -hmm. it's like if somebody is always willing to like come to the table and like like what you said gabrielle i mean like i am so sorry um that i did something like please just let me know so that i know that that is that is so I can no, no it. for you yeah so we can fix it right but if the other person's not meeting you there and yeah, exactly. Like it's, you got to hear each other in order for those things to happen. And that's honestly like the whole, that's the whole thing with the movement, right? Like you get sick and tired of yelling and nobody's listening to you. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing is, is like they hold on to so much pride, right? That mm-hmm. being confronted with this challenges everything that they've ever known and everything that they've ever been taught and everything that they've built their character on. And mm-hmm. so when you're then told, well, what you're thinking is wrong and what you're thinking perpetuates violence against black folk, they, it, it, it's an internal thing. It's like, oh shit, I'm a bad person. I have this much work to do. And that's scary for people who can't let go of their pride. And I think that's when, it, you know, like, like with your friend, Gabrielle is like, 
it seems like there was just a lot of pride there that wasn't allowing her to let go of what had happened in order for the both of you to be like, we're, we're, we're putting our guard down, we're letting go of our pride and our egos, and we're really going to come together and talk about what happened in order to move forward together and grow together. Mm-hmm. But without the ability, um, without the ability to kind of self-reflect, I think we do, we find our places and positions where we end up growing more than the people around us. It's just, you know, f- finding within yourself to humble yourself. It's such a lesson. Every, every chapter, I think for me and for everyone to, you always have that chance to humble yourself, especially Mm -hmm. in friendships where you're like, I I screwed up, man. I'm so sorry. And I I love that shows like insecure, or I I would feel like some, like on a modern take of what friendships are, that their arguments are going to happen. Let's talk it out. I'm so sorry. I did that. Okay. Let's grow from this. But when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement, I, I can only imagine there are more stories like yours, Anish. And I'm so proud to know yours because it makes me more powerful with the conversations I'm about to have in the future, whatever they may, may be, because to not say anything is complicit. And, and we can't do that. We cannot mm-hmm. do that. There is, there is no other option. And like I've been saying, this is not a trend. This is like <laughs> not like, you know, fun to post. Hashtag activism is not helpful, y'all. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. And, and it's it's like the slacktivism, right? It's like some people who are like, like hearkening back to what I was saying earlier about like, I was wondering when my f- friends weren't posting anything. It's like some people just do that. Some people are like, I'm going to post an Instagram post. So then it makes me look like I'm actually doing something. But really, I'm, I'm not really... And it's just, it's really, really disappointing. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen some, some white friends and I look at their feeds and I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Before a month, before a month, every single post before this was just a bunch of white people doing their thing. Like there was like, there's one person's Instagram I looked at the other day and I was just like, wow, it is very, like very white. And then all of a sudden it was just like, everything that was Black Lives Matter. It was just all these different posts. And I, I, while I appreciated the spread of information and the resources that this person was providing, it was also a little transparent because it's mm-hmm. like, wow, well, before this, you never said anything. Before this, your activism was non-existent, right? right? And I, I never fault anyone for joining the bandwagon when they feel comfortable, but it's also very telling sometimes when you notice what the pattern has been. Right. Right. And then particularly as we are seeing, like, you know, the media has stopped reporting on the protests. They're still happening, but the media has kind of stopped reporting on them, you know, whether it's because there's no violence to report anymore. And that's how the media kind of perpetuates this this idea that protesting and rioting are tied together and it's so dangerous and all this, you know, it's. um, Yeah. But I mean, yeah, the hardest, the hardest part is like when you come to the table and like, like I said, the letter I wrote, I wanted to make sure that like, it wasn't a very, cause it's all, it's also hard to come to, you want somebody to understand. But if you're like, you did this, you did that. I hate you because of this. How dare you say this to me? You know what I mean? Like, it's so there's, you're not really also like opening the door to that. So I, in that letter, I wanted to make sure that I was like, this is what I did. Here's, here's what happened. And here's how I responded to it. And the way that I responded to it did not serve me in the long run as well. And also Mm. made me complicit in this, this, and this. So now I'm like, Hey, here's what I did. Can you kind of like come to the table with like, you know, what you did? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. 
is that possible for you? And is so it, like, yeah. is it yeah. possible to grow together? Right. You're finding yeah. that out now. I mean, right. what a, wow, Pallavi. <laughs> Let us know. Follow up with us. I want to know too. Good on you. Good on you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the phone call happened, but like, you know, it's happened. Things are still moving along, but I'll definitely give you guys the, the, <laughs> up and the, and the update whenever it happens. But like, you know, have you, have you found yourself in that position where like, you know, Anish, have you been like, this is what I've done. This is what I'm responsible for. Like in, and looking for somebody to kind of meet you there absolutely you know? absolutely okay. absolutely right. isn't that the best way to do it like it's- that's the best way to do it right because you're taking ownership of of your part in it your complicity in it and you're recognizing that I am letting go of my pride and my ego to self-examine myself and ha- in the ways that I have been complicit in the things that are happening and I would love to be able to have this conversation with you you know because it's not just you it's not like you're at fault and you know my goal in that conversation with those friends was not to be like, you're doing this wrong. It was to engage in a conversation of like, I'm curious why none of you have really spoken out about this. Mm -hmm. And I was very, yeah. yeah. And instead of like, why haven't you done this? It was very much like, what's been going on? Like, how are you contributing to this movement? And it was the responses that were ultimately disappointing that made me be like, you know, okay, this isn't, had I had I sensed that this was worth a conversation, had I sensed that this was, um, you know, worth two way, yeah, I I I would have probably hung around. What's interesting is one of the persons from this group texted me about two weeks, three weeks later, and was like, "Hey, I just wanted to say that I've been talking to other people, and I really recognize a lot of the things that you said to me, um, and and I'm I'm learning." And I said. I really appreciate that you spoke to other people and I'm very appreciative that you're learning and I hope that you continue your learning. I didn't open the door to allow them back in my life because I'm not sure that they wouldn't do it again. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that this is a, a frozen moment in time for them where they're like, I'm doing this just so like I can have you back in my life as a friend you know, I, I really want to know, great. Like I want to have you as a friend as well, but I also want to know that you're on this journey with me, that we're all walking this line together to really make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. And if it's one thing to sit on your couch and to not do anything, it's a whole nother thing then to take that position and also deny all the privileges that you've been given. So with that, Anish, if someone that's listening has, it's been tearing them apart with their friend Right. If they're feeling like they exactly they have experienced exactly what you had gone through. What advice would you give this listener to take that brave step forward? Break up with them. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I think I think it is an examination for that person. Um, I think you really have to think about what this person is is bringing to your life at what point in your life you are, right? Like what stage of your life and development and emotional growth? Personally, I think that that never ends, right? So, you know, at what point, what stage are you in your personal growth? And does this relationship serve you? Um, It's also not unheard of that you break up with friends and then, you know, you go back a year or two years later and you reconnect and it can be fantastic. And And it can be that. And 10 years later, right. It could be, it could be amazing because you both grow so much and you grow to a place, you know, the, the rates of growth are not the same with all of us. So, you know, my door is, is always open, you know, as long as I 
am confident that you are doing the work, that you are going to continue to grow in the same way that I want to continue to grow. Mm. Um, So I think, you know, the advice I would give is just like really scrutinize the type of relationships you have with these people and what it is that you feel like you're gaining from them and what it is that they're, that you can give to them that is also serving the relationship as a whole. Mm. Anish, will you be my friend, please? I thought we already were friends. Okay, you said yeah, at the top I, of this, we were already friends. Okay, so then let me rephrase that. Can we now be best friends? Can we love Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> um, but okay, before we wrap up, though, we do have one more segment that we do, um, which is Lightning Walk. Anish, how long is your longest friendship? Ooh, 32 years. And in general, with friendships, how do you stay in touch? Mostly text, FaceTime, Zoom calls. In one or a hybrid word, what type of friend are you? For instance, problem solver, listener, needy, blunt, etc. Someone, oh, okay. Um, empathetically blunt. Yes. I hope, I hope everyone, on, everyone on Patreon, all our Patreon people can see our faces and our reactions right now. We're just like, just giving you shoulder reactions right now. <laughs> and what do you want to do better as a friend? Be more available and supportive. I love that. And last question, Anish. What are friends for? To lift you up, give you hope, and provide you with love. Ah. Just Cor- all the quotable. <laughs> Corny enough it. for you? <laughs> no, perfect enough. Do you want to break up with me? I never <laughs> want to break up with you. <laughs> yes. yes. Please, please call. Yeah, hold me accountable so we never break up. I will always be able to listen and learn and just same. be a better person every single day. <laughs> same, same. Please hold me to that same standard. <laughs> well, um, Pallavi, I know you've never met a niche in person either. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This, I mean, we. this is the first time we're virtually speaking to each other, oh. but like we've been like virtually connected for many, yeah. many years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, what a joy it is to start this beautiful friendship with you, Anish, over what our friends for on our show. So thank you for coming on. How can we find you on social meds and all the ways people can oh, Well, thank you. you. First, thank you so much for having me. This was just such a joy. The two of you are such a joy. I loved this. Um, you can find me at Anish the Actress on Instagram, and I'm at Anish Chef Acts on Twitter. Yay! Well, we'll see you in real, in real time soon. In real time okay. soon. Yes, yes, in California. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you all so much. Thank you so much. One, two, three, four. This episode was produced by Team Access Productions and Fastnickel Inc. Our supervising producer is Philip Pasanchin. Our consulting producers are Kathleen Cho and Megan Densmore. Our production assistants are Eva Ratcliffe and Bailey Disler. Our podcast artwork is created by Aishwarya Sukesh. Original music is by Joey Sherman, and our digital content director is Susie Cabello. Special thanks to Alex Udome, Samantha Weiner, and Hari Sabitala. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it now. This helps our show's visibility, and it helps us keep making it for you. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at WAF Podcast. That's W-A-F-F Podcast. And to find links to our exclusive vodcasts, attend our virtual live shows, or even leave us a voice message, visit WAFPodcast.com. We truly appreciate you all checking in with us online. But you know that friend that you've been like, ugh, I really haven't checked in with them in a while. Go do that. 
Yeah, go do that now. <laughs>